Welcome to Learn by Books, a podcast of five authors across the genre who talk about the one thing they're all bound by, books. My name is Hannah Byron, and I'm one of your hosts, historical fiction author, and today I'm joined by Mary Ann Morea. I'm so nice to so nice to be paired with you again, Hannah. What do you write, my darling? I have three pen names. I have Marianne Morea, Marianne Danbury, and M.A. Morea. Okay, that's a, that's a lot of um, hats to, to, to keep on. And, um, but basically, all of them are, um, have a paranormal aspect, even your young adults. Yes, yeah, they do. Um, but like you, I have an absolute love of history. And I, um, I always make sure to put some kind of historic facts or um, bring my readers back in time so that they can experience the, the history that I find so mesmerizing. Um, like all authors, we live in the world of what if. And uh, for me, what if is, oh, I wonder if I could, you know, travel back in time, what would I do? What would I see? Even if it was just for a day, you know, no one wants to stay in another time, but I always wonder what it would be like to actually physically be there to experience it. So, but that's just my, that's just my writer's mind. But I think it's sort of, maybe writers have never really grown up, you know, that as a child, you have this great imagination about uh, time capsules or, in shivery times or whatever. So I think it sort of translates still to our adult life that we have a vivid imagination. And yes, history, different places on the earth, everything is, is possible for us to, to keep us um, entertained. Yeah. And I think because what we wanted to talk to is how to, to um, continue writing when, you know, life throw some curveballs at you and actually I think in in essence you're already saying it this this longing to 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 see other worlds to go to other times to to imagine other situations that that longing is so strong that even when um you know things happen that Ordinary people also have to deal with, you know. Uh, for us, it's very hard to stay on track and to actually be able to continue writing. Do you agree? I I, I agree. Um, it's a matter of of uh, well, like any other any other discipline, writing is a discipline. You know, what I mean, it's a it's a it's a any other craft. Um, and it's like anything else, you, you have to compartmentalize to be able to keep yourself on task. But for a creative personality, a creative mind, sometimes it's, um, it's a little harder than somebody who's very analytical. You know, the, the people who are very analytical, I think, can, can um, compartmentalize their brains more. I mean, it takes for, for a creative soul, I think you need to um, train yourself to be able to do that so that you don't get derailed. Because I think we imagine and we feel things so vividly in our heads that sometimes we can get ourselves into a place where we spiral or we get into a loop where we just can't break ourselves out of it. Mm. Um, you know, on my website, I, I, I have a little quote there that says, 
you know, giving birth to a book is the same thing, is, is uh, similar to giving birth to a child, only it's, it's just as painful, just a little less messy, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that we all have a, a dragon that lives in our gut gnawing at our insides to, um, to, to, to give birth to the story. And I think that's true. And when life throws curveballs, when life gets in the way of the the outer life of that we all live our jobs are you know well writing is our job but some of us have day jobs as well you know but our children our 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 spouses our you know just life in general um that's the outer life our our characters and how we you know and the worlds that we build in our head whether they're in the contemporary world whether they're in the past whether they're a paranormal world it's all our inner life. So yeah. sometimes that inner life and that outer life, you know, they collide, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's a matter of trying to keep all the balls in the air, all the planets aligned and, you know, so that we can have that channel clear to be able to continue our writing. And, you know, uh, some people don't believe in writer's block. I just went to a, um, to a convention and one of the, one of the speakers there says she doesn't believe in writer's block. She, she thinks that that's a, a lazy way of getting out of things. And yeah. I don't believe that at all. I mean, mm-hmm. there are times when we are, when our creative channels get it, clogged. It, yeah. It has different, um, um, Faces, so to say, uh, writer's block. It, it can be a, a draining of the energy. It can be that there are so many uh, practical things that have to be done that you just don't get to sitting at your computer. Um, it, it can be in inside one book where you don't see how to get through it. So writer's block, in essence, is built up of many different things. But I was, as I was listening to you, I was also thinking that the, the famous Virginia Woolf said, a, a writer lives two lives, mm-hmm. the real life and, and the imagined life. And, I mean, for most people, the real life is enough. So it's logical that as we are living two lives, I mean, even if we are standing in line in, in, in the grocery shop or we are going for a walk or we, even if we are talking to other people, there might be flashes of our stories, yep. you know, fermenting there. And so it is like living to, I, I actually really feel that. Um, sure, and, because it's always percolating in the background, even if yeah. it's on the back, even if you're, if you're, if you're present in your outer life, the inner life is still percolating yeah. in the background, you know, it happens. I mean, it's why inspiration hits whenever it, whenever it, 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 it deigns to hit, you know, and yeah, there have been plenty of times when I've been in the middle of a conversation with my husband and I'll put my finger up and I'll be like, wait, wait, wait. And I'll go grab a pad and a pen and I'm like scribbling furiously. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm just like, what are the characters that had to to change? I I have to get this or I'm going to lose it because, you know, inspiration is like a leaf that just kind of falls from a tree in a stream. And if you Mm -hmm. don't scoop it up and or or take note of it, it'll float away and it'll be gone. And then you'll be like, damn, that was good, you know, and. Yeah, would you therefore say that this, you use the word derailing, and I agree with you. I mean, there are days at end that you can be derailed from your writing due to, do you do you think that um, the real life, as we all know it, and that, uh, the physical life that we live, that that is more forceful, that our um, 
creative life is more elusive, so to say, so that it's it's different. It is easier pushed aside because I sometimes feel that. I don't know if it's easier. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's easily pushed aside because, for me, my characters are very intrusive into my outer life. They are. Okay. They. They. You know. I hear them in yeah. my head. I mean, I know I sound like a friggin' crazy person, but I do. I hear them in my head, um, and that it, it. It always worries me when things go quiet, when my okay. characters, when I don't dream about them. When I don't dream about whatever current book I'm writing, or the or a book that I'm thinking about writing that may take, you know, may, may you know muscle its way forward and say, "Pay attention to me, look at me," you know, that type of thing. And um, I, it, it, so that's when it really worries me when things go would when you, things go you, quiet. Yeah. Would you think that is when writer's block is lurking for you? I don't know if it's when writer's block is lurking. I think it's. I think it's when my outer life and my inner life are really grappling for the top slot in my, in my attention span. And I, you know, recently I've had so many different things that have happened. You know, I, I, we, I sold, we sold our house. We had to, you know, hunt around for a new one. You know, um, we found one, it fell through. We had to start from scratch again. I had two conventions that I had to go to. I had a laptop that crashed, you know, um, now I have some medical issues that I have to deal with. So it's like, it's one thing right after another that Absolutely, it almost, yeah. you know, it almost feels like I need to like, you know, stare at the, at the you know, look up at the sky, at, you know, and address the universe and be, you know, leave me alone here. Give me a break here. I got a deadline I need to make, you know, yeah. but it's, it's, you know, and other people. And, and, and do you then feel that your characters talk louder to you or are they going so, more silent than when when I'm yeah. stressed, when I am stressed to the max with, with with being pulled in so many different directions, when I know that I have to put words on a page and I yet at the same time, I have other things that I have to do or I'm not in a comfort zone because I've been I'm, I'm a, a um, what's the word, a displaced person because I'm between homes. I don't have my office, you know, and so forth. They, they tend to go a little silent um, when mm -hmm. I'm when I'm super stressed from my outer life. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to I have to practice what, you know, being a little more in, analytical, like my writer friend that said she didn't believe in um, in in writer's block. I, I guess it, I need to be a little bit more like that where I, I can compartmentalize and stop letting mm -hmm. myself become overwhelmed. Every people who have regular jobs, people who are not writers, people who, you know, who, you know, work in you know, a, a nine to five or whatever their shift is, or, you know, they, they have other stresses, you know, people who yeah, are in healthcare right now, they're in, yeah. they're very, very stressed. And I don't know yeah. if I would people, I mean, I have friends of mine who are writer friends of mine who are nurses who are writing, and I don't know how the hell they're balancing yeah. everything well, that's happening yeah. with the pandemic and writing, you know, it, it, it very much depends on the kind of strength that you have, you know, how you, how you can compare to my mental eyes. I was completely branching that word, I, I believe. So yeah, I I tend to be very vulnerable to derailing in my life. And um, I do get very stressed. I still have a day job, so I and I'm quite a, a demanding day job. So um, and I've recently found one way around it that is so far working. 
And that is because I would get up in the morning and, and have this struggle between the day job and the writing. See if I could fit in some writing in between the day job. And that was so stressful because apart from the day job, of course, as you said at the beginning, we're also um, entrepreneurs. So we have the marketing to do. We have the social media to keep it in, in, in view. So I found that I was so stressed trying to fit in the words because I can't do that compartmentalizing very well, very good as well. I mean, I, I get overwhelmed. So what I do now is I push out the writing until after eight o'clock in the evening. And I know I don't have demands from work anymore. The kids have been, you know, if they, if they, I mean, usually it's calm in the evening. And I find it does take some of my, my night rest because I will be writing until 1, 1.30 in the evening. But I don't have to think all day about wanting to write and not finding the, the rest. If I have the time, not finding the rest for that. And so far, I've been doing this for two weeks because like you, I have a deadline. It works. And somehow... I, I, I feel more, more at rest now because I know that, but I'm different from you. My characters are not really, they don't really come to the forefront unless I sit at my computer and, and write. Of course, if I go for a walk, I would think about my story, but I don't have like you that they talk to me or that um, I dream about them. Um, they really, really become very visual at the moment. I go into my documents and start, you know, um, writing. I do have flashes of seeing, oh, right, that's the reason when I'm not writing. But usually everything happens in the process of these hours that I write. Yeah. So I, I found that, that, and I'm going to continue doing that, not stressing myself, actually, because I always think, okay, I'll do it first time in the morning, and then something happens, and... I, I just don't feel the rest for it to, to, to actually get in 500 words and then do something else, you know. I have found, though, for me, I think it's like anything else. Um, what was that phrase from Mary Poppins, you know, uh, that... Uh, which she said that you know it's a snap once you know once you begin it'll be you know you can you can get it's easier to get it done once you begin I, I don't remember the phrase um yeah. that she used but it was uh something that I, I try to keep with me and the other thing that I try to keep with me is the fact that whereas these characters are speaking to us and we have this whole inner life that we live um I try to remember that my readers look forward to the stories that I give them, um, the stories that I write and I, you know, th that I make available for them, um, because that's their escape. That's their escape from their day job, from okay. their stresses in their lives. So, you know, I, I try to keep that in the, in the forefront of my mind because it makes it all worthwhile. You know, um, I know that when we were discussing what we were going to talk about here, we were talking, I, I, I had come up with the, you know, thinking about, oh, well, maybe we could talk about how when we, we meet readers, how we, how we feel and, you know, does, are we as nervous as they are and so forth? And I know you said you didn't, um, you didn't really do much in terms of um, signing I mean, and so forth. I don't have, I, I'm in Holland and 
I don't have a reader base here. Yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine that that's that's so much harder than it is for me. And then, of course, the pandemic on top of it, just yeah. adding, adding, you know, uh, f- fuel to the fire in terms of being able to you know, be keeping people, you know, uh, static and, 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 and yeah. stuck, you know, in, in their in their spot. But that is something that I always yeah. look, that I look back on now to help me kind of get through it that when I'm sitting there going, Oh, my God, I don't know what to do with this story, you know, and, but the other thing is, um, talking, talking it out with with like minded other authors and so forth, trying to, if I'm stuck with something, you know, bringing, you know, saying, okay, if I bring it to you, or I bring it to the other, other, you know, three gals in our group, you know, or another author friend of mine, or, you know, or what have you and say, you know, I'm stuck, this is where my characters are going right now. You know, what do I, where, where, what should I do? What do you think? These are my ideas. Do they suck? You know, or, yeah. or, or should I, yeah. you know, do I need to, you know, wh- what do you see with that I'm yeah. missing here? Yeah, you and can do, yeah, you can do that. I, I, I do do that. You, you, I, I figure it out on my own. Well, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I will walk, talk with my editor, of course, and I'm going for a developmental edit, but I will not, no, I, I don't do that. I only do it with the authors that I, that I trust. It's almost like you can remove your mask and you can let yeah, them see how vulnerable think, you are. You know, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good idea. I, 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 but I think we're all different. As, um, um, and as I already see the, the big difference between you having really very, um, being very close skin wise almost with your characters. And for me, it's, it's more, um, yeah, I, I, I step into their world and I, I register that world and I write it down, but I wouldn't be able to talk about the process. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> when you step into their world, okay, obviously it's a, it's a world that you've created, but it's linked to things that are in history, okay, uh, because you write a lot about World War I and, uh, and so forth. The world that you've created, are you immersed in it? Are you a part of it or are you an observer? I'm an observer. Okay, so you you like stand almost like um, the ghost of Christmas present and you watch what's happening and yeah. then and then document it. Yeah. That's the difference right there between you and me. Okay. Is my characters most of the time, my especially my female characters and even sometimes a little bit of my male characters they're me. When I'm in, when I'm in their world, I'm them, you know, yeah, and yeah. that's how it, that's how it, it yeah, happens. I'm you know, never that. Yeah. I'm okay. always one of my characters, like with, with Jeepers Reapers, the, the, the book that I just put out in, in June that I'm working on the sequel to my main character, Louisa Jericho. She's, she's a lot of me. There's a lot of me in there. Um, and so I, I resonate with her in that, you know, so that when I'm in the, when I'm writing and she's in the middle of doing something or experiencing something or whatever, it's me, I'm there. It's, you know, I'm, I'm in her skin. So, and I think that. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I get a look back from reviewers that they say, um, I feel so much like I'm standing next to the main character and looking, I, I love how I am in the scene 
watching them and standing beside them and, and, and seeing what happens. They love that aspect of it. But that is very, that's interesting that you say that. So that is the difference with you. Probably your, your readers will feel like you, that they are actually in the movement. But probably that could also be because I write about a real part of history about the Second World War in this in, in this is, instance. Um, it probably we have all watched films, uh, uh, movies from that period of watching it. But you're not the main character. You're not the person who is shooting down the Nazis so to say, you're watching right. that. Right. And that right. is what my reviewers say. I love it, how I'm so taken in the scene and watching and seeing everything that happens because that is what, what happens when I'm writing. And that's why I need absolute silence and absolute no distractions because I have, like a reporter, I have to register everything that I see. But I'm... I'm but you're not, not just you're just not re reporting, though, because it's visceral. I have read your work and, yeah. you know, even though you're you're observing, yeah, yeah, be, because you're feeling I am, it, too. Yeah. You're there. Yeah. No, no, I'm very able to give my characters the feelings because of my empathy. I, I know what they can feel, but I'm still the observer. I'm still seeing how they are feeling. And how they are reacting to that. That's I'm interesting. Never, I'm never. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I really yeah. like this. Thing. Yeah, it's Isn't interesting. It yeah, I had dinner with um two readers. They're they're well, they're they're friends of mine, but they're readers, and they have been my readers since the very beginning. Since I I started thinking about publishing back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, um, and um. I was talking about uh, one of them hadn't read Jeepers Reapers yet. And the other one, uh, she says, you know, I was she had gone to the ladies room and I was telling uh, her name is Karen about um, the storyline. So when my other friend Ginger came back and she sat down, she goes, oh, you're talking about Jeepers Reapers. I said, yeah. She goes, I read it. And I said, you did. She, you know, because they're they're close friends now. And I, I said, I didn't know you read it. And she goes, yes, yeah. she goes, I, I, I loved it. And she goes, you know, what's funny is that with every single book that of yours that I've read, she says, it's a, at first it was a little disconcerting to me because as I'm reading the female characters, I hear your voice. I know mm -hmm. it's you, um, especially since the characters all have um, shades of your personality. I could see you saying some of the things that they say. I mean, I can picture you, I hear your voice. And, I, and I think that's probably proof in the pudding right there yeah. Yeah, that yeah, my yeah. characters are me, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we can get back from our reviewers. And I've never actually really had this conversation with another author about this totally different um, uh, approaches to writing and it, it will even help me to um to understand my own writing better as well so because when you're that's the only thing i want to be become very very good at at actually writing precise down precisely what is happening what i'm seeing so when your main character is on the front line all right she's a, the doctor that's on the front line and so forth when you put yourself there 
it, you're sitting at your computer and you've opened up your document and now you're in the scene where she's on the front line. How does it play out in your head? Does it, is it like a movie reel that plays out in your head that you're watching or are you actually standing watching her, you know, uh, dealing with these horrific things that are happening around her and, 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 uh, and how she, and how she handles the stress and the, the, the fact that she's a female doctor and, and that, you know, she's in the field hospital and how are you, I mean, are you like standing next to the, next to the, you know, while she's, she's treating a wounded soldier, so to speak, are you, are you there like watching over her shoulder or is it like a movie reel that's playing and you're just sitting there in the movie theater taking notes? I, I'm, I'm so yeah. fascinated by how this works for you. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's a bit of everything, but it, it is also, there is always a, a kind of veil over the, over the, um, the whole scene. So, um, it's not all visual. It's also some. It's not. Um, it, it, it is also also something that just comes through me, and that I I register. So it's not that I'm really seeing every detail. Sometimes I see it very clearly, but like the feelings of the people, that is just something that I know is there. But I, I don't see it. I just know it's there. So I write it down. But it's so you can't. It's not all palpable, so to I say. See. OK. <laughs> it's a physical discussion. See, for me, it's a very visceral thing. It's very visceral um, mm -hmm. when my characters have to when I have to kill off a character, you know, the, per, the, the character that is either taking the life or finds the 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 the, per, the the character that has passed you know that has that I've had to kill off um or it's a situation where it's a they die or I die type of a situation where it's like it's a it's a fight or flight or um you know self-defense or something like that where you know you have they have to defend themselves and the other the other character ends up dead because I have a lot of action in a lot of my books I feel every single emotion that my characters go through. I feel the adrenaline. I feel the 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 the, the rush of fear, the rush of panic, the rush the rush of of, of hyper focus, where where your, your your eyes kind of narrow, your 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 vision narrows, and you know that you that you have to hyper focus, or you're going to pass out, or or you're you're not going you're going to lose your fine motor coordination. I have. Because I have had some of those own experiences, not that I've ever killed somebody, that's not what I mean, <laughs> but, you know, not a murderer, sorry. <laughs> but, only on paper, but, but, only on paper, only on paper, multiple times, <laughs> yeah, only on paper, multiple times, but I, I, but I do have a first and second degree black belt, you know, so I have yeah. been in combat and it's, and the, and the, and the my what I have been involved in with 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 my training and with these these tournaments and so forth that I've been in hasn't been like the karate kid where it's been like point winner, you know, you just have to strike somebody. No, it's been full contact where you draw blood or the other or the other other can the other uh, opponent has to tap out, you know, so I have been where it's been very, very stressful on me emotionally so that I do feel 
a little bit of what that's like, you know, a little bit. Um, So, yeah, so it's a little bit. So, you know, it's it's very visceral for me. So, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I don't know if there are, because I think your method is is much more um, common enough. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, my, my writing is really uh, exhausting. So, but um, much more common because that is what, why people are very much drawn into um, action and, and um, you know, fast-paced reading because I assume that those writers, now I don't know, but those writers are like you, are in the scene, and they are actually, because they are experiencing it themselves, it also draws in the, the, the readers in that process. Um, so I don't know that whether my, my system of uh, being the, um, the fly on the wall and just registering everything that I see and that I, I don't know if that, I mean, I do know that <laughs> in general people like the books so it's not like but um i think it's also a, a question of being very different personalities i'm i'm um i think i'm a very withdrawn person i so, don't i don't know if i would use the word withdrawn to describe you hannah i i think you are you're a very cerebral person you're yeah, yeah, intellectual. Right. That's yeah, that's you're very cerebral and intellectual, but you're also um, you feel things very deeply. Yeah. But I think Absolutely. it's it's something that you in, you internalize. Whereas yeah. I wear all my emotions right on my face, right on my sleeve, yeah. and I'm very quick to react. I'm very quick to 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 either yeah. flare up angry or flare up with a, oh my god, let me squeeze the life out of you with a hug. You know that type yeah. of a thing. And yeah. Um, you know, so that's the you yeah. know, so our difference I, in personalities, yeah. And what, where does intuition, because I feel that I'm also a very intuitive writer, how is that for you? So I sort of feel myself, mean? I feel myself into a situation as well. So I, 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 um, so I watch, I, and then I, I, I try to gauge what's going on and to write that down. So um, it's also a lot of exploring. It's like every time I step into a new scene, I step into another world and I have to look around me and see what's going on So and, and feel my way through it. I think I probably could benefit from a little bit of that because every time I step in a, into a scene, it's like, boom. Everything gets everything's happening at once, yeah. and maybe if I stepped back a little bit and I was a little bit more of an observer, um, the the storyline, the plot line would would take a little longer to develop, and maybe be uh, I wouldn't maybe I wouldn't have um, so many moments of okay, what do I do now? You know, that this is a it's a it's yeah I think yeah it's also because has it a difference. sort of burns out. Well, panzer and plot panzer and plotter. You know, it's a little yeah, bit of a little bit of le- like that, that like a, a plotter actually takes a little bit more time to think about what's going to happen in the scene, whereas a panster will just let it flow. And then when the when the you know, when the, the gush comes, the gush comes. And then when it's a trickle, it's a trickle. Um, 
And then when it's a trickle, you sit there and you're like, you know, drumming your fingers on the table going, okay, let me think about this, you know, what's going to happen here. And, you know, you have to, it's almost like you have to play with like a flow chart. We have to kind of connect the dots that you want to make things happen. So, um, are you a total counselor? Um, the lately, yes, lately. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have, uh, most of the books that I had where I, um, notebooks rather not book books but notebooks where I have my uh, brainstorming sessions and I write things down and what I think is going to happen and I start the I start the flow chart of how things are going to connect and where where my characters are coming from and whatnot they're kind of packed in like in in boxes and I have a couple of bags in the back room over here where I have my notebooks and whatnot but it's been a, a little bit cumbersome trying to dig them out to go through so lately yeah lately I have been yeah. more of a pants more of a pantser than a plotter you know and it's it's been a little bit of a detriment so but um you know the good thing is that I uh, in this book I think I'm going to add a little bit more history into it um because Jeepers Reapers really it, it had a background of where Reapers came from and how Reapers and Keepers came about, you know, in terms of guarding souls and trying to snatch souls. Um, but this one, I think I'm going to add a little bit more history because Keepers, I have the way I've built my universe with them is that Keepers, once you be once you're you're selected to be a Keeper, that you stop aging so you can be, you know, a century old. So I think I'm going to add a little more history. And so I'm actually really excited about it because, you know, for me, you know, if I could capture time in a bottle and I know that that's an old song, <laughs> you know, but I, I, if I could, and then just kind of peek at it and, and spend a little bit more, you know, spend a little time in these little snippets of, of where, where it is in history, you know, I would just absolutely love that. Oh my mm. God. I would love that. And what oh, specific uh, time in, in history are you thinking, or not? No specific time. No, it's just whatever's taking my my fancy. Let me ask you: What is the strangest thing that you've ever done that um, speaks to history? Strangest thing that you've ever explored, or that you've ever visited, or that was well. Let me give you. Let me tell you what what, what where I'm coming from. When I was younger, in my late teens. And, you know, early 20s and so forth. I loved, especially my teenagers, I loved cemeteries. The older, the better. The more decrepit the, the, um, the tombstones, the more worn the tombstones, or the more ornate the tombstones, um, just fascinated me about the lives of the people that were slumbering in this, in this, in the, in the you know, the residents. Of the of the cemeteries, and that's where I started with my what ifs. So that is probably one of the strangest things that I've ever done is walk cemeteries. What about you? Has there ever been anything like that? Considering you're the historic fiction writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I've only been a historical fiction author for one year, and before that, I was I've always had a fancy for history. I've always loved it, and I always had it as a as a subject in in my in my. Um, uh, curriculum, but um, I think I, it's only been recently that I, I really indulge in it, and um, I, I I can't I don't really I'm trying to to wrap my brain. Um, I think I'm a, I'm I'm also very um, <laughs> uninteresting person in that respect. I don't do strange things or 
but you've you've lived in you've been to so many so many places i mean i know that when we discuss you're like i don't travel but you live in europe and you've been you know you've been hot you go for the weekend you oh, go to belgium yeah. <laughs> you know you go to belgium for for the day yeah. you know from holland and you've been yeah. to paris and you've been to ireland yeah. and you, you're okay from i can give you a strange um uh, but that's that's a, a terrible long time ago and i was with with a boyfriend we were hitchhiking through spain and um we had been camping a lot and also sleeping with friends but we decided that we wanted to, to sleep one night in a hotel just for the because we had some money so it was possible so we come to this really nice hotel but there was nobody, the door was open, but there was nobody at the counter. And we waited and we waited. And eventually we fell asleep in the lobby and we slept there. And yeah, we had breakfast the next morning, all three, and we just left. We didn't spend a dime. So we, we <laughs> were fully uh, planned to spend the night, you know, pay some money. <laughs> we just went. And nobody came. The, the, I don't know. The door was open, and there were people in the hotel. But so we just sneaked into the. I mean, it was paid for the breakfast and the knife. So we sneaked into the the, the breakfast room at breakfast. Toodaloo. So that was that was really strange. I thought that you want to spend money. I mean, we were old hippies. We wanted to spend money, and we couldn't. You could have gone into one of the rooms. <laughs> Spend well, we didn't that. We, we were waiting for, we were polite hippies, so we were waiting for the Polite hippies, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and nobody came, so we, there were these nice push sofas. I mean, we didn't have a bad night. I mean, each the sofa there, it was really good sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, so that so. makes me sound like the creepy weird one that I walk around cemeteries as a teenager looking, yeah. you know, wondering about the inhabitants. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I mean, when I graduated from college, I did a three month tour of, of Europe, um, uh, Spain, uh, France and, and England. Um, and uh, my friends and I, we rented a car and in Madrid and we drove all the, I mean, the whole trek was like down and then up. And then we took the ferry from Paris, I mean, you know, from, from Calais rather into England. And, uh, and then we took buses when we got to, when we got to the UK, but um, yeah, that, that was, was an, the thing that, at the time. Yeah. There were long distance buses. I, I don't know if they still have it in the UK, but they were very um, good quality, very cheap. But you could, more easily than with trains, you did long distance. Well, things are different now because it's everything is, you know, digital with the, with the passes on your phone. And, and uh, you know, I, I guess it's, it's a Euro pass. You can go from country to country without it. You know, but back in the 80s, when I when I did this, it, you know, you still had to show your passport when you. Yeah, yeah. When you, you we, know, in, we have a big area now with a lot of countries it's called the Schengen area. So if I go to to France or to Belgium or to Germany, we don't have to show our passport. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's one area. There are out of out of borders around these countries where there are you know patrols, but inside those countries that have that agreement, you can just travel freely. Right, they're within the EU, right? No, it's not. It's called Schengen, so it's not all the countries of the EU. There are some who don't participate. 
but basically the countries around Holland participate and um, but even Hungary, I think, and um, see now I, that's that was me if I was living with you or I was coming to visit you, I would take such advantage of that. And I would just go everywhere that I could possibly go. And I would stand in the middle of Budapest and I would just look at the architecture and just be there. And my imaginings would just go wild because of all the way that I love everything vampire. And, and just, mm -hmm. I would, I would just, I would eat it up. I would absolutely yeah. eat it up. So yeah, yeah. history. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's, that's again a different I, I would be a very different traveler because um I would just um especially now I, I'm writing a book on Norway and I'm so involved in the history there I'm reading so much about it I'm constantly looking at the map because I have to know the distance between places I have to know the Shetland bus you know that would be the the, the um uh, the small fisher boats that went to the Shetland Islands, that's how the resistance came about, you know, and the, the agents, so she's taking part in that, she actually has to cross the, the, the North Sea tonight um, in my writing. But then I do get a strong longing to visit, I've never been to Norway and it must be beautiful. And then I do get, but it's also, it's always um, around my research. So I wouldn't just want to travel to a place anymore because I want to see whatever. I really, really want, would like to visit the, the places where I'm doing research about. Absolutely. So I, can, I, can I see that. I could see that immediately. I could see that right away that 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 would be something because even with me, when I'm writing a book that I, that has that has a lot of uh, uh taking place in a, like when I wrote um, Condemned, you know, there's a part of that that takes place in, in Rome, you know, and then, then it takes place in, you know, then it goes to the Holy Land where it takes place in Jerusalem and it takes place in Acre, which is, um, you know, an, an ancient port city, you know, and there's a lot of um, Templar Knight ruins there and a lot of them are submerged. So there's a lot of underwater, underwater archaeology that goes on. And the research that I had to do with that was just amazing. And, you know, I've never been to the Holy Land and, you know, I have relatives who have who went there on birthright. And, um, you know, I, I sat down with them for two nights and picked their brains about everything, looked at every picture that they had from, you know, from the Jordan Desert and the, just the walled city of Jerusalem and the, you know, the, the Muslim quarter and the, the Jewish quarter and the Christian quarter and the, 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 you know, the Church of the Sepulcher. And, you know, I, I, I pictured my vampire Dominic, you know, sitting perched at the top of the sepulcher, you know, just kind of watching the sunset you know, because he's so old, he can actually, he can actually tolerate the sun, you know, and just sitting there on the top of the sepulcher, just watching everything, you know, before he actually senses his love interest, who happens to be in the city at the same time. And, you know, it's just things like that just give me goosebumps. And it just, yeah, made yeah. One, so when you're researching, and I'm researching, I get that same urge yeah. to want but to be. Yeah. But so before I became a historical fiction author, I would travel for fun, and now I only see myself traveling really to places that I, I already haven't. It, it needs to have some use, you know. It, it, the oh, use I of, see. Of, and yeah, so I do hope. I mean, I retire in, in five hundred days now, four hundred and ninety-nine days. 
Yay. And then I really, really hope to, to travel to the places because I think that would give added value to my books as well. Uh, because um, I, and yeah, <laughs> when you were talking about the cemetery in the prison spy, the book that came out on the 15th of July, there is a part that two agents, two secret agents meet in Père Lachaise, the famous cemetery in Paris where Jim Morrison is and, and so many great people are very there. So I had to, to research the, the whole cemetery, you know, but from maps. And then I was like, oh, I really, really want to go there, you know, and visit. So, yeah, yeah I do have that. But that's, it's very strongly when I'm actually researching something, oh, I really want to see that in real life, you know. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Anyway. Live to live to research another day, live to, you know. Yeah. And and you know, I don't know about you, but when I'm researching, um, there's always little tangents that happen. I'm like, oh, this could be a great plot bunny for a sequel, or this could be a prequel, or you know. And plot bunnies happen all the time for me. Um, it doesn't have to be. It could be anywhere. I could be anywhere, and a plot bunny will 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 turn up. I could be having a conversation with somebody. I could be watching a, a the news or a show or something, and a plot bunny will come up. Um, so yeah, so I, that I always different. that's a big difference as well. I don't have that. I'm no. so focused on the one book I'm writing. It's a little and, distracting. It it, it yeah. can be a little distracting, you know. So it's like you know, I I, I scribble it down, and I have a, a a notebook that you know for you know book ideas you know and i and i and sometimes i look back at it and i'm like what is this what is this you know and then i was like oh yeah no 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 that's a terrible idea cross that out but um it's funny we were talking about how uh, in the clubhouse um morning coffee chat about how if you if you've come up come across things on your computer that you wrote a while back that um you either look at and say, oh, this is a gift from the heavens. Like, I didn't even realize I did this and I can pick this up and run with it. Or you look at it and say, oh, my God, my writing is so different now. And I think it's a combination of the two. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I wrote the Sentinel Brotherhood based on something that I wrote 10 years ago, you know, yeah, yeah. and I picked yeah. it up again. And I was just like, oh, this is good. It needs revision. It needs to be reworked. But I can make a series out of this. And I did. So yeah. there's a, you know, it's a trilogy now. You well, know, yeah. I, ha I have to, to, to brace myself because I've decided or basically decided that I want to bring out my 10-year anniversary book next year, but I have to reread it. I haven't reread it in, in 10 years, and I'm very afraid to see what I will find. We, we're, we're just about at the end. It is, we've been talking yeah. for about 40 minutes, so it's, it's a little, bit, a little bit of time for us to kind of wrap things up. Yeah, um, I hope you all enjoyed our talk. I think we, we went in some different directions. We started off talking about, you know, the, the difficulties of getting um, life out of the way to be able to write. But I think we became so enthusiastic about our writing that it definitely spurs us on to show that we will continue to, to stay at the job and meet our deadlines. Um, Marianne, Morea, M.A. Morea, and Marianne Dandy. <laughs> I sound like a I sound like a person with split personalities. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a very wise thing because you write in different genres too. 
so people can find you under these three books. My name is Anna Barwin. You can find my books under that name. And of course, um, find out us on our website, www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And each one of us that, that speaks on these, uh, these podcasts um, has our own little uh, link that you can get find out more about us in detail and um, reach out. We always love yeah. to talk and chat with readers. And if you have any questions about what, about our inner life or our outer life or how we balance it or how it doesn't, how we try to stop it from driving us crazy, if you have any suggestions, reach out from us to you with big hugs and kisses. Bye-bye. Bye.